we will continue with the, the book that we've been looking at, the book of Philippians. So if you have it, if you have your Bibles with you, why don't you take them out, please, and turn to the book of Philippians chapter 1. If you've got uh, hard copies, there's enough light for you to see, uh, uh, I would imagine. But if you've got uh, electronic Bibles, it's quite cool. So Philippians chapter 1, verse 21. And this is what it says. Philippians 1, 21. For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Fairly short uh, um, scripture. For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. This is a, a, a famous portion of scripture that I'm sure we've all read many a times. We've possibly heard about it. Um, and um, today we'll be spending time studying through this portion of Scripture. And so the question I start off um, with this morning is to ask you, what do you think when you hear this Scripture? When you read it, what comes to mind? For to me to live is Christ. And to die is gain. What comes to mind? What, is, what, uh, what, what questions pop up? What do you think about when you think of the future? Do you perhaps think of your children? Perhaps your grandchildren? Perhaps you think about your health. Maybe your job. Or even your retirement. What do we think about when we hear this? A spiritual aspiration is part of your thought process. So for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. What goes in your head? What goes on? What kind of questions are, 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 are bubbling and, and kind of playing in your mind right now? See, verse 21 amplifies verse 20. Verse 20, Paul stated his spiritual aspiration was to make Christ big in his body. This is what we looked at last week. We, we uh, learned that Paul's um, aspiration, whether he was in prison or he wasn't, whether he was free or not, his aspiration was to make Christ big in his body. And now verse 20, oh sorry, verse 21, he sets forth the alternatives in which he will do that. How is he going to make Christ big in his body? We will, we will see as we carry on. Now, Paul was a man at this point who had not, didn't have much of a future. He was in prison right into a, a, a church that was free, free physically, but maybe in shackles spiritually and and um, he was in shackles physically but here he's writing to encourage the church 
So he, at this point, we would see or would say that he does not have as though, does not look as though he has much of a future. Although he was confident that he was going to be released from prison, Paul was looking at his options. He had two basic options. What would he do with his life if he lived or if he died? And in this verse, he answers that question to himself. He answers that question to himself. He wanted his body to be a showcase in either option. So he starts off by saying, for to me, to me, to live is Christ. To me indicates that Paul's personal testimony, he wasn't speaking on behalf of others. He's speaking on behalf of himself. He answers this question for himself. He was not speaking for anyone else. He wasn't talking or speaking, writing about John. Uh, he wasn't speaking or writing about Peter or James or one of the apostles and, or any other of the, the disciples. No, he was speaking about himself. He was saying, I will define what life and death are to me, Paul. So as he writes this scripture, it says, for me to live is Christ. He will define how he's going to work this out. Now, if you read that uh, scripture, you will see that uh, both verbs are in italics. The, the word is is in italics, so it's kind of slanted. And um, what that means is that the translator supplied them. Those words are not there. The translator supplied them to make it uh, more understandable, more readable, more uh, accessible, as it were. And um, so then the idea here is it says to live line Christ. So originally it would have been written to live question mark or line empty Christ. Or to put it in a formula to live equals Christ. To live equals Christ. See, living for Christ was his ambition, Paul. As long as Paul continued to live, he would live for glorifying Christ Jesus. At the same time, I've said that uh, we can't live this Christian life if we're not the way we ought to glorify him who has uh, saved us, who has given us a chance to, to be alive and uh, proclaim his gospel without yielding to the Holy Spirit. If you don't yield to the Holy Spirit, it's um, almost an impossible, it's impossible for us to live according to his way. Then we do it out of our own strength and that becomes laborsome and it becomes tiring. It is also true that uh, the dynamic that produces a spiritual life in Christ is Christ himself. He is the one who produces his life in us. It's not us producing his life in us. Yes, we are to imitate his life, but he, it's him by his power as, as we've allowed him to, to indwell in us. He is one who works out in his life 
in us. When Christ, who is our life, as Colossians 3, 4 says, Christ is our life. The Christian life is Christ moving into believers, you and I, invading us so that his life is lived through us. So we accept Christ as our Lord and Savior. He comes and indwells in us. Remember the word says that he, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, he lives in us. And when he lives in us, he comes and makes a home within us. And as he does that, and as we, as we, allow, as we yield ourselves to him, he allows us to uh, manifest his way, his quality, his character um, for the glory of God the Father. So it's him. It's him through us. But it's, it's uh, the thought of how the concept is insane that God the creator created you and I and then he tells you, you, I've created you, but you get to decide whether you're going to accept me or not. And when you do accept me, you still decide whether you're going to allow me in you to work my life in you. To work out the creation, the things I've created, what I want in your life. I still give you the ability and the decision, the free will to decide. It's you. Me, God the Father, powerful, my son Jesus Christ in you through his Holy Spirit says, I give you permission. I give you the right. I give you opportunity to decide what you want. I cannot force you. I will not force you, actually. Why? Because I love you. I want you to love me out of your own will. That thought is actually, that thought is beyond me. But this is the God that we serve. See, this is far more than imitating Jesus, as the word says. So he comes and indwells in us and he helps us to live out our lives that glorify God the Father. He invades us. He makes us love each other even more. He makes us forgive each other. He makes us live out the characters that we spoke about in Galatians 5.22 about the fruit of the Spirit. Because imitating Jesus would be far too difficult with our sinful hearts. Just imitating him because it's, it's, we're imitating, we've got we to gotta, we gotta imitate him. In, in our own doing, in our own understanding, that would be far too difficult because we are sinful. Our hearts are sinful. And that's why Christ lives in us. That's why he indwells us. Jesus Christ is more willing to live his life through us than we are ready to allow him to. Jesus Christ is more willing to live his life in us than we are willing to allow him to. So then the question at this point, I would like to pose to us, 
as we look at this scripture, to live is Christ and to die is gain. What does it actually mean to live is Christ? What does it actually mean practically for you and I? We are here on earth. Jesus is in us. We are trying as best as we can to allow him to live out his life in us. Uh, But how does it look for us practically? How does it look for us practically? See, in this verse, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Most of us, most of, uh, of the Christian world, and I would imagine it for, it's the same for you, it, it, it is for me, um, we focus on the second part of this verse. We often focus on the second part, which says, to die is gain. And why do we do that? Because we contemplate the joys of heaven. We know that we're looking forward to one day dying, going to be with Christ, because the word says that uh, um, absent from the body is present with God Himself. And we're looking forward to living in a street where it's made of gold, where there's no pain, there's no tears, there's none of the stuff that we are experiencing on earth today. So we contemplate on those things, we look forward to heaven. But we should not overlook what comes before. The importance of the phrase, to live is Christ. That phrase cannot be overstated actually for us who are here on earth uh, as his children. It cannot be overstated and I'll explain why I say that. Because actually, in all honesty, that phrase should be central to every Christian's life. If you're still on earth, you are alive, God has allowed you to be here, that statement, to live is Christ, should be the overruling statement of your life. This statement, the Apostle Paul is saying that everything he has tried to be, everything he is, And everything he looked for to being pointed to Christ. From the time of his conversion until his death, every move he made was aimed at advancing the knowledge, gospel, and church of Christ. Paul's singular aim was to bring glory to Jesus in every situation that he found himself in, even in prison, his aim was to bring glory to the king. So what does it mean to live is Christ? What to live is Christ means that we proclaim the gospel of Christ. It means we, our lives proclaim the gospel of Christ. I've said it before, we, we preach the gospel with our mouths, but we confirm the gospel with our lives. People see and um, react to the way we uh, outwork our lives. It's one thing to preach this, and it's another thing to live the opposite of what you're preaching. So what does it mean to, to live as Christ? It means that we proclaim the gospel of Christ. Paul preached in synagogues. He preached at riversides. He preached as a prisoner. Man, as a prisoner he preached. He preached as an apostle. 
He preached as a tent maker. His message was constant. Jesus Christ and him crucified. He brought the message of Christ's sacrifice to kings, to soldiers, to statemen, priests and philosophers, to the Jews and to the Gentiles, to men and to women. He would preach to anyone who would listen. Any opportunity that God gave him, anyone that God brought upon his, his path, he was constant in his message. Jesus crucified the resurrection and the gospel message at large. His aim was to make Jesus big. But in his body, physically, and through his words as he proclaimed the gospel. So what does it mean to live is Christ? It means that we imitate the example of Christ. But I've just said earlier on, it's, it's far too difficult to imitate the, the example of Christ if we are not yielding to the Holy Spirit. It's far too difficult. It's difficult for me to give because that's what Christ says. We, it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. In my head, I think it's more blessed to receive than it is to give. But because perhaps I yield to the Holy Spirit, Jesus who's living his life in me helps me to have that um, mindset where it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. Everything that Jesus did and said, that's what Paul wanted to do and say. And see, the church then benefited from that. It benefited from the, his godly example. He would say boldly in 1 Corinthians 1, 11, sorry, uh, 1 Corinthians 11, 1, follow my example as I follow that of Christ. How many of us can really truly say that? Follow me as I follow Christ. And not being super spiritual, but being real. What? Remember that statement, what would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? We all had the little bangle or bracelet. What would Jesus do? That's what Paul aimed at doing. That's what we want to do. What would Jesus do? That should be what our, our life um, uh, should be gearing us to. What would Jesus do in this situation? What would Jesus do in that situation? What would Jesus do in my situation? And I do that. And as I do that, I can invite others to follow me as I follow Christ. What does it mean to live is Christ? It means that we pursue the knowledge of Christ. We pursue the knowledge of Christ. See, what would Jesus do? You wouldn't know what Jesus would do if you don't read the Word of God. If you don't submit yourself to His, his uh, ruling, to His ways, to His, um, to, to his most holy Word. If you don't know His Word, you wouldn't know what He would, what he would do. And if you rely on someone to tell you what he would do, 
Uh, that's a little bit of a short fall for you. Because we all have opinions. We all come with our uh, biases. Actually, the Word of God is our final authority. We are to um, look at His Word and ask the Holy Spirit who lives in us to teach us what His Word says. So then once you are in His Word and you understand His Word, you've read His Word, He will bring to remembrance some of those things. This is what you ought to do. Remember what my Word said? This is what you ought to do in this situation. So we pursue the knowledge of Christ. That is what it means to live is Christ. We want to know Christ better and better each day. Not just a set of facts about Christ, but Christ himself. Remember, Christ is not just some uh, old story that we read. It's not just some, a book that we open up and read, a story book that we, we hear. No, it's... He is a living being. He is alive. He is the one who gives us life ourselves. So we, just, we, don't know, we don't just want to know facts about Jesus Christ. We want to know Christ himself. I want to know Jesus Christ. Yes, the power of his resurrection and uh, the participation in his suffering. We want to become like him in his death and so somehow attain the resurrection from the dead, as Philippians 3 says to us. So to live means, to live as Christ means that we pursue the knowledge of Christ. I've often wondered, you know, we get people who will spend years in varsity. In fact, I mean, we grow up, we go to school, you know, and so it goes on. We study, we study, we become professionals at whatever we've studied. I wonder what the world would look like if we spend that amount of, of um, time and dedication trying to not necessarily study God, but dig in, into His Word and align Him to breathe life in us through his word. I wonder how, how different our lives would be. I wonder how different the world will be. So what does it mean to live with Christ? It means that we are willing to give up anything that prevents us from having Christ. We are willing to give up anything that prevents us from having Christ. See, Paul's testimony in this regard is what, uh, whatever were gains to him, he now considers loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, he considers everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, his Lord, for whose sake he has lost all things. He considers everything garbage. Or rubbish in other translations. Everything he considers it garbage or rubbish. That he may gain Christ and be found in him. And I wonder if we can really at, um, testify to that, to that scripture. 
and say, actually everything I've gained, all the knowledge I have, all the money I have, every ability I have, I consider the, that stuff nothing. Nothing. I actually consider it to be garbage. Actually, I consider it to be rubbish. That I may gain Christ. We cling to the promises of our Lord in Mark 10 that says, Our sacrifices for Jesus' sake will be repaired a hundredfold. What does to live is Christ, Christ mean? It means that Christ is our focus. Christ is our goal. He is our chief desire. Our chief desire. Christ is the center point of our mind, of our hearts, of our bodies, and of our souls. Everything that we do, we do for Christ's glory. As we run this race marked out for us, we lay aside the entangling sin and worldly dis distractions, fixing our eyes on Jesus. As scripture says, why? Because he has become our lives. See, this passage of scripture, there's much to be said about it. To, for me, Paul, personally, to live is Christ and to die is gain. We need to think of our lives, of our bodies as an exhibition to demonstrate Jesus. By way of an example, there, you know, there are um, when a car is, has been released, when a manufacturer, there are car fundies here, so I'm watching those, I'm not. Um, when they release a new car, for instance, what they will do is they will um, uh, put it in a, in, a, in a show house. In a show house. And what they'll do, they'll bring almost like a, an exhibition and they will invite the public to come and see and what they'll do is they'll reveal the latest model, which is this car, because they want the public to see it and they want the public to buy what they've created. This is a good thing. This is the latest model. They present these new cars in the most appealing con context. They do that. They present, so they bring the best of the, the new, and they say to you, hey, look, look. This is the new thing. This is the new car. This is a new version. It's presented as best as they can. See, the believer, you and I, are to present Christ in his most appealing setting. To reveal his son in us. We allow him to showcase his son in us. Because we are on the earth. The world is falling apart. Yet we walk ar around as those who are holding the light of Christ. To a dead and a lost and dying world that needs hope. 
the believer is to present Christ as best as they can to, the, to, to this world. See, for Paul, the Christian life was not a hobby. It was his very life. The Christian life was not just some talk. It was his very life. This is what should be everyday Christian living. And unfortunately, for most of us, most Christians, our, our life is subnormal. It's not the way it should be. Paul is a, an example to us. He was not perfect. Yes, he had many failings. Yet he pursued God fearlessly. He pursued God with everything in him. In every situation, he pursued God. So what would you put in place of Christ? So the scripture says, for to me to live is Christ. I'm going to ask you this way. So it says, for to me to live is Christ. What would you put there? Oh, honestly, what would you put there in your life now? For to me to live is what? What, what, what would go there? You, you, can't, you, can, you can lie to me, but you can't lie to yourself. So what would you put there? Now, some of you might say, my wife. <laughs> I worship the ground she walks on. <laughs> some of us might say that. Others might say, actually, my children. I sac I'll sacrifice anything for them. Some of us might say, my job. I love my work. I love business. There are many things we can all honestly look and say, for me to live is my wife, my job, my kids, my this, my that. What would go in, the, in all honesty? Now, some of the, the as you put those uh, statements in that um, line that I've left out, those things may and are probably good. They are, they, they are probably good. But we have to be careful that we do not allow those things that God has given us. Our wife or our husbands or our jobs, our talents, our gifts, all these things. We have to be careful. God gave those to us. But we have to be careful that we don't allow those things to become idols in our lives. Remember what scripture says, You shall have no other gods before me. You shall have no other gods before me. And the trouble is, in modern day, idolatry is alive and it's well. And you have to look at your life, look at what you see, people around you, your family, whatever the case might be. You will see it. Anything that you love, anything that you treasure, prioritize, identify with, or look Two, for the need of fulfillment outside of God can be acting as an idol in your heart and in your life.
So we are thankful for what God has given us. We are to be thankful to Him for those things, but we are not to place those things over Him. And it's sometimes so subtle, so subtle that we don't recognize it. But again, if you're yielding to the Holy Spirit, if you're spending time with Him, the Spirit of God will reveal these things to us. Forever. Our life is a, is a constant journey and He will reveal certain things to us. That need, thing needs to change. That need, thing needs to be adapted. You need to, uh, you, your thinking is wrong. You need Him through His Spirit and through His Word. So I finish with this statement. Why not place Christ in the center of our lives? So why not agree with Paul when he says to live for me, so for you to live is not dot, 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 dot. No, no, it's Christ. And what does it actually mean for you and I? And try to work it out as you spend time with Christ. For He is our life. And He has given us life. Everything we are, everything we have comes from Him. We're going to spend some time in worship. But before we do that, I'm going to ask us to close our eyes. If it's okay. Father, help me, help us as your children for this word to be real in our lives, that we can testify and say that for me to live is Christ. And next week as we look at what it means to die is gain in more detail, help us to live a life that brings glory to your holy name. In every aspect I pray. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your love. And I thank you for your mercy. Have your way with us, Lord. We want to be those who can honestly say that we want our lives to shine for you. In Jesus' name. Amen.